I am enjoying as this body gets to know each other, care for each other more and more each week. Um, Pastor Doug, I want to thank you for your leadership and your obvious passion for this congregation, mostly for God, because that's where it flows from. And uh, your, 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 your passion for God is infectious, and I see that in the people around you. So thank you. And, and Pastor Chris, thank you for leading us in song and worship that way each week. You and your team, you take us there. And uh, thank you. Thank you. Pastor Craig, thank you for your friendship and thank you for bringing the word last week. Don't you love his, his word pictures and, and he, he's, he's got those phrases that are easy to remember, that, those, those catchphrase kind of things, and he presents those so well, so thank you. I could go around the whole room. Because we are all ministers. Right, Doug? Thank you, each and every one, for what you do for God, how you represent him. And thank you, thank you, thank you for representing God. You're welcome. That's, that's, that's the calling for each and every one of us. Now, I have a question this morning, and I, I think this thing's going to ring for me for a while. Uh, what is one thing that most of you, most of us, you and I included, wish we were doing more of? Praying. Praying, right? And through my years of hanging out with, with people of God, I, I, I haven't come across any that didn't wish that they, had, they, that they hadn't spent more time praying during the course of their life. That's a constant. That's all of us. Even the most prayerful person on the face of this planet wishes that they prayed more. Paul, in his, his writing that is subtitled Final Instructions or, or Exhortations, uh, that's in 1 Thessalonians 5. In verse 17, he simply says, pray without ceasing. I hope that is your goal at least. And some of you may go, I don't get five minutes in prayer in a day. Pray without ceasing. We got to get going. So, so we, we, we should want to spend more time praying without ceasing. And, and thus we, we also, because we want to spend more time in pray, prayer, we, we, we want to know how to pray, we want to know how to engage in it, we want to understand it, we want to, to know how it works, we, how God answers it. There's so many questions about prayer. I believe that a, a, a robust, and you're going to find some fill in the blanks on this statement. A, a robust, fulfilling, active, productive prayer life requires an understanding of prayer based on the Bible and practice. 
practice that leads us to, to, to more, more deeply into the habits of praying. Let's deal with some simple things today. How did Jesus teach us to pray? We're going to take a look at, at Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 through 15. And, and, and I, I want to read these verses for you as Jesus himself, God teaches his followers, you and I, to pray. I'm going to leave that over there. Don't run away with it, Johnny. <laughs> You're the protector of it, not the taker of it. (laughs) So let us listen to his word and and let's take his direction. He says, and I'm reading from the New King James Version. That's a a version that I am comfortable in and and learn from and, and grow from. So New King James Version, Matthew 6. You may find words a little different in your versions. That's okay. Chapter 6, verses 5 through 15. And Jesus is teaching, he says, When you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites. That's also translated pretenders. And for they, for they love to, to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the street, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room. And when you've shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do. For for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them. For your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask Him. Thank you, Lord. In this manner, therefore, pray. And and, and most of us know this prayer oh so well. And again, words are going to be a little different because it's New King James Version. So if, and then I learned it all in the old standard King James. So if, if I take off in a different little pattern, don't worry about me. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptations, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And we almost always stop reading there because of the amen, don't we? <laughs> but Jesus wasn't done teaching. He says, for, for if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. That's Jesus teaching. I'm not even going to delve into that any farther later in the message. But it's his word, and that's the complete, you know, that's, that's, that's the add-on, that's the part of this teaching. People, that's exciting stuff. <laughs> there's, there's power, and there's challenge, and there's kicking and stepping on my toes all the way through that. See, there's great stuff in this short little text. 
And as, because Jesus is teaching us how to communicate to God. A couple observations that I make almost instantly. First one's this. Jesus in this teaching about prayer is all about our motivation. Another fill in the blank. Watch your motivation. I, I see the first portion of this text here is about hypocrites, about pretenders, about people who are faking their way through it. Don't you love the reward that they get? That's it. The reward they get is the reward of being seen by other people. Done. They don't get the reward of prayer actually being heard and answered by God. Ouch. I'm not signing up. I'm not getting in that line. Because their motivation isn't in the right place. So when you go before God, when you pray, check your heart, check your motivation. And and what Jesus is saying here is that our motivation in our prayer life is essential. If if you pray to put on a a show, then your reward is the show. But But the true gains of spiritual prayer, they're not yours if that's why you're praying. What should our motivation be? <laughs> That's a big question. That's a huge question. And, 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 and at least part of it, and this is, I, I believe it's to tell him how awesome he is and, and to be honest with him about our failures and, and, and to seek and to pursue him in our lives. It's not just reciting certain prayers, even the Lord's Prayer. (laughs) Learned specific prayers may be part of the process of our prayers. But these prayers, they leave the relationship aspect of prayer wanting. It's not enough. God God wants to hear our heart. He wants to hear our excitement. He wants to hear our worries. He wants to hear our loves and our pain. God wants relationship with us, and that includes communicating with us. Two-way street. Guys, if you're married, how well are things going within that relationship if you're not talking to each other? Oh, the guys are quiet here. (laughs) Truth sometimes is meddling. (laughs) How strong is the relationship if everything is a secret? Not good, right? No, you're in trouble. It's not long that you don't, you don't spend any time together because you're not even talking to each other. You don't even trust each other. You, all that stuff breaks down. And it is a stretch at that point to even claim that it is a relationship. 
is broken and it needs fixed. How do you fix it? You talk honestly and you listen carefully. Listen is key word. <laughs> carefully. Yes. If it's broken, that's how you fix it. When, when people come to, to my wife and I and say, hey, we're, we're having troubles in our relationship. Can we sit down and talk? That's mostly what we're doing. Is making a conversation happen. Honest. And helping them listen to each other. Honestly. Communication is key in any relationship, even with God. We all want the benefit of a relationship with God. We, we, and to, to do that, we must communicate with him. God wants to relate to us, to communicate with us. And, and how can this occur if we're not talking to him? Or we limit it to just a couple of minutes a day, Lord, I've only got this. And then Jesus says, as, as we go through our text there, and when you pray, do not use vain repetitions or, or heap up empty phrases, is another translation, as the Gentiles do, for they think they will be heard for their many words. We need to be mean, meaningful. It's a fill in the blank for you, Johnny. Be meaningful. In our lives and relationships, we get tired of listening to, to others pretty easily, don't we? Mm -hmm. The statistics are, are they're mind-blowing. They, they, they're numbing on, on how short our attention span has been reduced to. They say it's due to the technology and all of this stuff, but regardless, we shut off quick. Right. We listen or we don't listen based on what is being said and, and the relationship we have with that person. If someone is talking just to hear themselves talk, and you know what I mean, <laughs> what do you do? No. You shut off your listening, right? You know, they're just yammering, so I don't need to. We try to do that with commercials. Because <laughs> they're just yammering, right? And we stop paying attention to that person. And, and, and it makes sense to me that God also, remember, this is a relationship. God also won't listen when we're just talking because we want to hear ourselves talk. It makes sense. We've all been in that situation where, where somebody is rambling in prayer and it, it sounds like they're, they're just making up for lost time or they're coming up with fancy things to say or whatever they heard somebody else say. The meaningful aspect seems to have left the building at that point. 
So I think Jesus here is not just saying, watch your motivation. He's saying, be meaningful. He wants us to, in our prayer time, not just to say some words. To me, that's what meaningful means, being ourself, bringing ourself into the conversation, not just a bunch of words. He's also saying, another fill in the blank, remember God knows. Remember, God knows. The text says, therefore do not be like them, for your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. I am so grateful he knows my needs. God already knows what you, we need and, and even how we feel about life. So those of you who feel like you can't show your anger, tell your anger to God, get over yourself, God already knows it. <laughs> if you think things suck, tell God things suck. He's big enough to handle it. My wife points that out all the time. He's big enough to handle it. I'm telling him what I need to tell him. The Holy Spirit, you see, is present in us, right? We believe the Holy Spirit lives right here. So guess what? God's going to know what's in here already. Not a surprise. And God wants us to, to use meaningful us words. And, and he wants us to use our own emotions and thus get at the heart of the issue. Of whatever's on our heart. In our lives, you know, God already knows what we need before we ever ask. One of, one of the simplest prayers that I learned in my 60 years, How much? 35, <laughs> one of the simplest prayers I learned from an addict that was living in my house while I she was taking some steps during her search for sobriety. And it's this. Lord, I don't know what I need, but you do. Please give it to me. Short, powerful, to the point. You think God's going to hear that? Yeah. I think so. You see, God already knows what we need, and yet he still wants us to ask because it shows our submission to him, our dependence on him, our relationship with him. And when Jesus gives us the, 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 the Lord's prayer here in this text, I, I believe the intent was, was for this to, to, to just rep represent a, a kind of pattern of prayer rather than specific words that we should always pray. Now, I, I don't know exactly what your personal prayer pattern is like, but I believe that most every one of us wish that we had better prayer patterns, better habits, as well as better motivation, which leads to more meaningful prayer life. I believe that. I don't see any direction specific, specified in Scripture that the pattern of our prayer should be a long list of what we want. 
Why do we do that then? Why is that how we pray most times we pray? We make our long list of what we want and we present that as our prayer. And, and, And that alone can take a long time to pray. And then all of a sudden you find you don't have much time to say anything else to God. Right? I have a, a YouTube video that uh, we're going to play. It's a song. You're going to have fun with it. Wow. Humor <laughs> with truth. Humor with truth. I start my prayers with thinking of prayers. If all your prayer time looks like is you reciting and and begging God to fill your shopping list, personally, I find that sad, and I believe you need some help. So I want to challenge us today to consider the the strengthening of our our prayer life with a few tools that, that I have personally found helpful. And some I use regularly, others I have used at various points along my growth and my relationship with Christ, but I have used all of these at various points, and they've helped me significantly. They've helped me make progress in my communication with God. So I'm offering them. And I'm hoping that maybe you'll be challenged to grab one or two of these tools and it'll help you out. So here are some of the things that I have done to grow and strengthen my prayer life. One of those, this is fill in the blank, pray out loud. When you pray, pray out loud. Even when you're by yourself. Now, I I know that sounds a little odd. It seems a little weird. I'm weird. I'm okay with that. But when I read the Bible and it's recorded that Jesus is praying, it almost always records what he was praying about. How did they know what he was praying? He wasn't just praying inside his head. He was praying out loud. So this is an example that that I'm going like, okay, if Jesus does it, then maybe I should do it too. And and we read in the other scriptures talking of of other people praying to God out loud. I'm I'm reminded of Moses when he was talking to God and and Joshua was watching. And... and, and, (laughs) Just think about how powerful that was to to watch Moses talking to God. Ah, love to have been there. And and, and here was Joshua watching. And think how powerful it was. Moses was speaking aloud to God as a man speaks to his friend. That's a sample. That's an example of what we ought to be doing. How profound is it for for Joshua to watch this? And and you can see in Exodus how Joshua is intrigued by it and and deeply intrigued by the conversation. And, And he's learning something about Moses' relationship with God from it as well. And And people... Our kids, our families would do well to see that kind of example in our lives. 
And I've got to tell you, people, if, if I'm just doing the silent prayer in my head and not saying it out loud, my mind wanders. It's easy to think of other things and you go, oh, I've got to take care of this and I've got to do that. And maybe that's part of the reason Jesus taught us to go into our room and close the door. <laughs> maybe that's just part of what we need to learn. You see, a, a term developed through church history is your prayer closet. Now, it doesn't mean you have to find a closet and you house, clean it out and go in there and pray. It's any space where you and God can get alone with no distractions, wherever that is for you. Number two on our list there is write your prayers out. I found this helps too. It helps keep my mind from drifting as well. And when writing, I, I, I think in more complete sentences, and I know God doesn't need the complete sentences, but... In my head, that's how I write, so teachers do that to us. And, and, but what it does, what I've noticed in it, is that as I'm writing, I'm, I'm, I'm writing out in sentences, I'm writing out in more complete thoughts, and, and, and while one sentence is being written, others are developing, and they are taking me, they're expanding me and, and taking me deeper into what I am praying. So if you're going like, my, my prayers always seem like prayer light. You know, just kind of surface stuff. Write as you pray. Write those prayers out. I've found that helps me go deeper. Next one. I sometimes use the ACTS, A-C-T-S, capitals with periods behind each letter, method of prayer. It's a very simple acrostic that stands for A, adoration, C, confession, T, thanksgiving, and then S, supplication. So adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. Adoration. To just tell God how great he is. To reflect on him. And to put that in prayer. Confession. To openly speak with God about what my weaknesses and my fallacies are. Thanksgiving. Thanking him for all that he's done. Thanking him for, for family, for creation, for my salvation. Supplication. That's the never-ending shopping list. That's when you get to say, okay, God, this is... This is. You see, the, the Acts method of prayer helps me to get into a framework of thinking about prayer and praying in, in what I believe to be a, a better direction. Because I tend to, probably like you, jump to my shopping list, first thing, and things that I want to ask God, and, and that supplication that really, I, if I use this method, it's at the end, and there's a good reason for that. It's... it's Praying through 
sometimes similar to the Lord's Prayer. It helps, us, helps me do other things first and put a better balance in my prayer life. It helps me to adore God first. Shouldn't that be where we start? Makes sense. It reminds me to confess things because if, if I don't have this tool, there's going to be times I'm praying and I'm going to forget to confess. I need that reminder, so that helps. It helps me to give thanks for all that God does for me. All before I ask for something, and, and, and that helps my heart get in the right place for those things that I do want to bring before him. It changes my list. It changes how I approach it. I have no idea what, where this acrostic came from, but... It's been probably one of the most helpful acrostics to me in my Christian life from my experience as a Christian. You see, I'm not always a big fan of acrostic things because sometimes we make acrostics to make acrostics. But this is a tool that's really helped, and I believe it could help you. Let's see how it works. <laughs> We're going to actively do something here, guys and gals. I'm going, to, I'm going to call on some individuals, and I'm going to ask you to lead us out loud in a short prayer. I'm going to ask you to pray just one of these categories, though. So, like, Teresa, I'm, I'm going to pick on you because I can. And pay for it. And pay for it later. <laughs> Relationship is wonderful. <laughs> um, and, and so, she's, whatever I assign her, she's going to pray that. Not all the rest of it, just that. Okay? Give us a sample of it. All right? Um, let me see. Dale, I am going to pick on you too. Chris, I'm going to pick on you. Um, like he hasn't done enough already, yeah. Who back at that table can I pick on? <laughs> daggers. <laughs> she just got you. <laughs> Those daggers flew. Uh, Diana, I'm going to pick on you. Your table got away. <laughs> All right, um, Diana, pray adoration of God. Reflecting back. Thank you, Dale. And thank you for the Thanksgiving. That, that was good. Telling God who he is. He knows it already, but he wants to hear it from us. That we realize how big and powerful and awesome he is. Start there. Teresa, confession. <laughs> <laughs> 
Here's something else I want to point out in that, that prayer of confession. It's personal, but it's also collective. There's times that I'm praying confession for my, my messed up culture and my messed up uh, country and my messed up world. Supplication. You get the, you get the list. <laughs> after you've gone through the adoration the confession the thanksgiving by the time you get to supplication you're going like your will be done total submission to him here's here's another helpful tool for you pray scripture and there's a couple different ways that you can do this. Uh, for me, I, I reword the scripture passage into prayer. I reflect that scripture right directly back to God. And some scripture doesn't work too well. The whole list of who begat who. Thank you, Lord. Thank, thank you, Lord. That's about it. Lord, you... Cause them to procreate. Thank you. Um, <laughs> however, with, with, with my Bible open, I, I read the text and I pray that those promises and I pray the, the, the conflict that I see in there. And I, it, it sometimes will point out something I need to confess. And, and, but I pray that scripture right back to him. You see, I'm, I, I, I can pray for strength when there's something that is talked about in the Word that I struggle with. I've also heard of others that, that their method of praying scriptures, they, 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 they go to a scripture passage, they start reading, and they read, and then they stop when they get convicted about something, and then they pray. Okay? That's, that's another method. Nothing wrong with that. It's a tool. Um, and, but people, here's, here's, here's the thing. I really would encourage that if you've never prayed scripture, try it. Try it again. Because usually your first time, you're going like, okay, I don't get this, Lord, but I'm going to try. Uh, I can't tell you this. The Psalms are some of the easiest to pray. <laughs> Because what are they? They are prayers. Um, next one. Pray while driving. Sub, sub, sub note with, with your eyes open. While. I did. A vehicle is a moving prayer closet. A vehicle is a moving prayer closet. Many of us, uh, we, we have a lot of time that we travel daily. 
And unless, of course, you're working from home, you never leave home, you work in your PJs, and then, of course, I'm jealous of you. <laughs> but most of us are out and about. We have travel time. And most of us have places to go, usually by ourselves. And the challenge I want to leave you with is just turn off the radio. Turn off all the noise, all the chatter, all the frustrating talk radio that people listen to all the time. Probably would benefit us anyway because most of it's just garbage for our mind. So turn it off and start praying in your car. Well, other people look over and go, what the heck's he doing? They'll think you're talking on a cell phone device. There you go. Right? But it doesn't matter. When you get into your vehicle, Turn off the radio and turn your car into your prayer closet, your, your prayer chapel, your, your prayer incubator. And imagine Jesus riding shotgun with you. And talk to him. Don't just close your eyes while you're driving. That's not something you want to do. Number six, make it happen. You need to make it a priority in your life. You, you need to, to set a time and a place. And if you're just starting, maybe you start off just a few minutes each day and then, and then you, you build that pattern and then you build it and then you build some more. Start off with five minutes and then go to 10 and then go to 15 and keep on going. Pray without ceasing. And if, if, if it would help you try some of the tools that, that I've talked to you about today, they're, they're tools that are helpful they're, uh, and they're good. This past week, somebody asked me if it was difficult to be doing something that I'm in the midst of doing right now. I said, is it hard? No. Because I decided to do it. I decided to do it. There's no turning back. There's no second guessing. Satan and his little words are going to be up there messing with you. Know that's what it is and cast him away. But do it. Make it happen. Please don't be like the people I heard on an airplane. Of They were on this airplane. There's a certain couple airline pilots. And I want to share this story with you. Let's learn from it. Passengers on a small commuter plane are waiting for their flight to leave. So you can see it. They're at the terminal. They're in the plane. They're all loaded up, ready to go. And the entrance opens, and two men walk up the aisle. They're both dressed in pilot's uniforms. Both are wearing dark glasses. We kind of expect that from pilots, right? One's using a seeing eye dog, and the other's tapping his way up the aisle with a cane. <laughs> if I was there, I'd be like these people. Nervous laughter spreads through the cabin. But the men enter the cockpit, the door closes, <laughs> the engines start up, and you go like, oh, no. 
And the passengers begin glancing nervously around, searching for some sign that this is just a practical joke and there's nothing coming forth. The, the, the plane moves faster and faster down the runway and people at the windows realize that they're headed straight for the water at the edge of the airport property. And it begins to look as though the plane will never take off, that it will plow into the water. So panic screams fill the cabin. But at that moment, the plane lifts smoothly into the air and so the patient or the the passengers relax and they laugh a little sheepishly and and soon they're all retreated back into their devices and magazines secure in the knowledge that the plane is in good hands up in the cockpit the co-pilot turns to the pilot and says you know Bob one of these days they're going to scream too late and we're all going to die Lesson for us, don't scream too late. Don't scream too late. And then in the brackets, put pray. Don't scream too late. Communicating in prayer to your, your creator and savior. Get, get, get busy building that relationship today. Pray without ceasing. Watch your motivation. Be meaningful. Remember, God knows. You can trust him. He knows. Do it. Definitely do it. Nothing. Definitely don't do nothing. Right? If, if a week from now you come back in here and somebody looks at you and says, okay, uh, how's your prayer life? And you said, oh, I'm not doing it. Don't do nothing. Please, please don't do nothing. You know you need to be speaking to God. God wants to talk to you. And I think it's clear from Matthew 6 as well as throughout Scripture. He wants us to ask him. He wants us to, to be in conversation. He, he wants your heart to be in the right place. He, he wants you to, to go to your prayer room. He wants you to do these things. And he's waiting for you to talk to him. And he's waiting to be able to speak to you. Uh oh, side benefit. Something that's not even in my notes, because I'm done with those. <laughs> Something that I didn't add to my list, but something that has developed in my prayer walk is that during worship music, I am praying praise to God. Not just those words of the song, but it takes me there. So you'll see me over here, and I'm not singing the songs. I'm just praying. I'm just talking to God. I am. But because of the music, you don't hear it. So. Yeah, see? Find those tools that help you in your growth of prayer. Amen? Amen. But do it. Amen? Amen? All right. Let's go forth and let's have a great week. <laughs> Heavenly Father.
you are the almighty God. It, it, it just is beyond us to even try to comprehend that you, the creator of all, would even want to have a conversation with us. We stand amazed. We stand in awe of you. Father, take away those, those, those weaknesses of thought that we have. Remove those words that, that Satan keeps on beating us up with. And let us trust you more and more. And thank you, Lord, that you do want to, to, to converse with us. That you want to spend time with us and you want us to spend time with you. Thank you for that opportunity. And Father, I pray that for each and every one here, that our prayer lives will grow this week and we will become closer with you we will talk to you more directly and more honestly and and lord we will hear from you our ears would be open i pray this in jesus name amen